Going to get a little nostalgic today and talk about what are the loudest moments in Bryant-Denny Stadium history. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And thank you for making this your first listen every single day. You guys are the best. Jimmy, it's, it, was a, it started as a, um, a thread on the uh, Bama Online message board about the loudest moments in Bryant-Denny Stadium history because it got rather loud when Jihad Campbell returned that sack fumble uh, for a touchdown this past weekend. And it did sort of get my my memory working. I mean, look, the old, younger, smart alecky Luke would have said, I remember the loudest time it was in Bryant Denny Stadium. It was that time I snuck in with your mama during the summer. <laughs> but uh, you know, oh, you get it? Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not your mama, somebody else's mama. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever it's a yo mama joke, it's not really your mama, it's, it's somebody else's mama. Come on. Um, anyway, okay, so that didn't that didn't land a lot like the, uh, <laughs> that pilot who tried to cut off all the engines mid-flight. Um <clears throat> anyway, so I if we were talking about the loudest moments, and that was a loud moment, but yeah. that one doesn't resonate literally and figuratively as much with me because I was so high. I was in the, I was in SS like two rows above a buzzard's nest. I mean, I was just way up. Right. So I remember very distinctly the one that's when you say, Luke, what are the, what's the loudest moment for you and Brian Denny? For me, it's a no brainer. It's Javi Arenas's punt return against LSU in 2007. I, I don't remember. I don't remember many other moments like that anywhere I've been. That was surreal. Now Alabama went on to lose the game, and I think they lost by fourteen, if I remember right. They lost by double digits, but um, they only lost by double digits because we we gave up a, a fumble late in the game and they scored whatever. But earned was absolutely magical. And I, what what really is the biggest shame? I can't find a good video of that punt return online anywhere. I can find a very grainy video on YouTube, but I, and I wish I could play it for you here, but we've been instructed not to do that anymore. So I can't do it for you. That was a really loud one. You know, uh, if I'm thinking back in the way back machine, in terms of times that stand out to me for noise and I'm, I'm not a, a decibel, you know, machine, I, I don't really know, <laughs> but I do remember thinking at the time it happened, I remember saying, I think that's the loudest I've ever heard that this stadium. And it was in 02 against Georgia when we were a big underdog and Charlie Pepper intercepted a ball late to give Alabama a lead. The place just erupted. Uh, the pro throw touchdown against Florida in 05 was also extremely loud. Uh, but I'll say this, obviously recency bias, but I thought it was crazy loud Saturday. Now I'm in the lower bowl 
And I am, you know, one thing that might help in terms of, of gauging all this, I've sat in the same seat since 1994. I mean, I, I've never, I, I've, I've moved around less than 10 times, you know, in the stadium, whether I get invited to a box or, or, or somebody, you know, gives me 50 yard line tickets, you know, I'll take those. <laughs> but, uh, but generally I'm in the same exact spot for, for since 1994. Uh, so, you know, I think against Tennessee on Saturday, it was as loud as I've ever heard it a handful of times. Uh, but I'm also, you know, I might be more sensitive because, you know, I'm old. Yeah. Um, it was, it was good. And Cody's block uh, against Tennessee, yes. you know, was good. Um, Julio's touchdown you know, against LSU and probably, yeah. uh, I, I guess that would have been 2010. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2011. 20, oh, Julio's 09 or 08. 08. 08. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Julio and 08. No, no, no. It was 09. It was 09 because 08, we actually caught the the overtime catch over Patrick Peterson, if you remember, in Baton Correct. Rouge. I was there. That was in Baton Rouge. Yeah. yeah, I just remember he had like an 80-yard touchdown. or something. I mean, he had a long touchdown where he ran up the sideline. The place was going nuts when that happened. But yeah, that, it's, that, it, it's Saturday. The fans showed up. I mean, Nick asked for the fans to deliver, and absolutely the fans delivered. Whoever came up with the idea to put that on the – on the screen was uh, very, very smart to do that as a constant reminder of what coach was asking us to do. Coach said, we, we got to play a part in the win. And, and I, I really believe the fans did. Although I say in the first half, when Tennessee was leading, we were playing poorly. Tennessee fans behind me were mocking how quiet the stadium was. So it was, it was, it made the win in the second half that much sweeter. You know, it's funny. Um, the the guys I told you the story about the guys who got the chicken finger knocked out of his hands and all that stuff. I told you that on the podcast the other day. Those guys were also saying it's quiet in here when they were up thirteen to nothing. I wanted to say, yeah, you're up thirteen to nothing. We're kind of quiet. We don't know what to think. This is we don't know what to do. I was like, <laughs> you know, the other thing is the whole hey, we're so much louder and rowdier than you. That look. Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State aren't going to be as rowdy as teams that are welcoming in Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah, you field rushers. Yeah, you're more loud than us, you field rushers. You I mean, post terror downers. Where, where well, that, what's funny, that? the, the guy was win. like, the guy, one of the guys on a message board was like, well, I'm glad we're y'all Super Bowl now. And I was like, no, we didn't tear up any of our own property. At all. We didn't roll anything. We didn't we didn't take a goalpost and put it in the Black Warrior. We did none of that. I mean, it was a nice win for us that we enjoyed because we played so crappily in the first half that the second half gave us a fleeting moment of what y'all feel like every single game. Y'all always feel like we may not win this thing. We feel like every time we got this in the bag. But at halftime, we were like, we don't feel good. You and I were on a text chain with people going, um, something's got to change. I don't know what, but something. Now, something did change. I don't know what did. I still don't know what changed. But something changed, and in two plays, we're right back in the game. But my point is, it's funny. Uh, we're going to talk about recruiting in a second. In fact, I think I'll just hold up, and I, I'm going to tell people we're going to talk about recruiting in the next segment because I have something that Perry Thompson said to one of the Auburn beat reporters, and I and just 
struck me as interesting. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second. Right now, though, I got to tell everybody about the Jace case. Look, I've been telling you all about Jace Medical. What a fantastic partner they are. Uh, so happy to have them with us. Uh, it, it, I really appreciate getting the Jace case myself as a sample. Um, look, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. A lot of unrest everywhere in the world. I mean, it's crazy. There's fires in Hawaii. There's hurricanes everywhere. And Mexico just got hit. There's earthquakes everywhere. It's it, it, look, it's, it's scary times right now. So you want to be prepared for whatever. And the Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications to your unique needs. That is so cool. Jace Medical now offers customi mm, customization. It says customizability. I've never known that. But customization for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that fit you and your family the best. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings as well. So look, if, if you see if you think you need something and maybe it's not available right now, it may be available very soon. Um, you can buy a gift card for your family. It's Christmas coming up. These things are important. Buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones so they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com, enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on, all one word at jace, J A S E medical.com. It's right there on the little banner below, J A S E medical. Dot com. Also, I want to tell everybody about FanDuel, of course. I mean, FanDuel is so much fun. I don't even know what to do. Uh, I'm going to put the, the little banner up here for that. FanDuel Sportsbook snap into action this NFL and college football season with FanDuel. That's a num America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets if you win or if you lose, you can't beat that with a stick. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. Uh, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and even more. So FanDuel.com, uh, that's where you want to go. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. The NFL. NFL, NFL is awesome. Um. So, Jimmy, um, we're going to talk a little recruiting here, and I'm mostly going to focus on Alabama guys. But, uh, you know, there was a guy that was committed to Alabama and Perry Thompson. Very good wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I like him a lot. I mean, I think he's I think he's going to be a good college player. But something he said the other day to an Auburn beat reporter struck me. And I'm going to I'm going to read this out to you. Um I'm not going to read the whole article because I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do. But he said he's he's focused on taking the ACT this weekend. Um, and he'll miss his first Auburn home game of the year. Um, he continues to be impressed by his future home. He said, the atmosphere is always crazy. I went to a Bama game last year, and it doesn't compare to the atmosphere at Auburn. It's crazy. Now, number one, I would say, okay, that, that does not hurt my feelings in the least at the same time, I would say it's probably a good thing you won't be there for the Mississippi State game this weekend because I'm betting the atmosphere <laughs> isn't quite the same as it was for, say, Georgia. And if you stayed the whole time during Ole Miss, it wasn't nearly the same as it was at the beginning of the game. So I think if you want to go see a rabid fan base, go to a fan base that hadn't won a lot lately. Go to a game, of a, a home game of a Sam team. Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State. I think they're like 0-8. 
Yeah. Go, go if and if Sam Houston State thinks they're going to win this weekend, or if they have a new coach that's coming in and sit and is saying like, "Hey, y'all, show out so we can get recruits." Sam Houston State's a bad example, but let's say, let's say that let, let me say this: if you want to see a crazy environment, you want to see nuts, go to a Colorado game right now. It's oh, nuts. It's bananas. Now, if you want to see what Colorado is really like. Wait till Deion Sanders leaves and then go to a Colorado game and you'll wonder, <laughs> hmm, I could be snow skiing because it's 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 really the the, the fans that are hungry that, that and that have a little bit of hope because you want to see a crazy environment. Go to Alabama 2007. Go to any Alabama home game in 2007. There wasn't anything crazier. And I'm talking about for me personally, because I have a story about the Arkansas game for 2007 that'll that'll make you slap your sister. And um, it was nuts. Uh, yeah, I know. It's really crazy. Um, but there was uh, – I'm not even sure if you have a sister. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 2007, the Arkansas game, the Georgia game, the LSU game, all those home games, they were bananas. I, I mean, I would put those atmospheres up against any. And if you want to go to Auburn right now and Hugh Freeze is trying to sell people on, you know, what he's got coming and people still have hope and, and people are believing – yeah, atmosphere is going to be nuts. If you went to Auburn home game last year, wasn't much fun. Ryan Harson was there. Now it was when Cardell Williams was there because he's one of their own. So I mean, you you pick and you choose. So I don't. I'm fine with what Perry Thompson is selling because I mean, really, what it means is, hey, Alabama's become sort of accustomed to winning, and that's true. I think it's just an Auburn kid trying to say something positive about Auburn. True, you know, true, and that too, and that too. As we've gotten to know personalities a little bit of this recruiting class, I'll just say, and I don't mean this, I mean it as a blanket statement, not like insulting or or a positive for either school, but like Perry Thompson, I, I think he's a good fit at Auburn. I mean, I think he found home for him. This fits. And Ryan Williams, he fits at Alabama. That's that's he's an Alabama kid. He's a Saban bot. You know, and, and and I think that that Perry is going to have a big time at Auburn, and that's great. And, and I just – there are literal differences in the program, and some kids make – Peter Woods. I mean, I, I, I talk to people who know Peter and his family. I, I, I think Clemson might have been a better fit for him than Alabama, to be honest. Now, that might change in the future as he gets closer and closer to playing pro football. Maybe things change for him, and there is always a portal. But uh, I, I'm just saying that – Sometimes these kids find fits. One of the great self-fulfilling prophecies of why Alabama has been so successful for so long under Nick Saban is because Nick Saban is finding and attracting kids who want to be at Alabama so they can experience Alabama. To Tim, the kids that say, the kids that hear the spiel. Oh, don't go over there. It's football all day. It's 24-7. All they care about is football over there. They don't care about anything but football. Don't go there. It's just football, football, football. And, and, and very few kids, some kids go, perfect, perfect. That's, that's all I care about. That's all I want to do. All I want to do is be the best football player I can be and then go play pro football. And then once I get to pro football, I don't care about my contract. I just want to be the best wide receiver that's ever played football. Those kids get attracted 
to Alabama and what Alabama is selling. And that's why the team is so good year after year. It's because of what me and you refer to now as Saban box and uh, kids that aren't Saban box. I, I, I don't think they have here. a big time. I don't, I don't think it has. I don't think they have a good time at Alabama. And I think we do sign some five stars and four star kids that don't pan out here because they probably just weren't great personality fits after all. Yeah, and I want to clear something up. I'm not mad at Perry Thompson. No, 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 no. I think it was getting into what we talked about in the first thing about loudest bright Denny moments. Yeah, exactly. And That's the it. atmospheres. The atmospheres are are. He's right. The atmospheres are different. He a hundred percent. He is correct. It doesn't mean that one is necessarily better than the other, but the programs are very different. Uh, I mean, the, the most optimistic Auburn fan will tell you, yeah, because we're ascending and Alabama's at the mountain. Uh, okay, that's one way to put it. <laughs> but but it is true, getting back to the, the point, I think, of the first segment is, you know what, Alabama, we're, we expect to win. I saw an old tweet of mine. I haven't seen these tweets in years. It's funny to go back. 10-year Twitter's been around for so long. And I found some tweets of mine from 2013. And one that stands out to me on this subject was, you know, 2013, this is how good we were. This was prior to the kick six, Luke. We had won back-to-back national championships and we're sort of shredding people in 2013 until we get to Auburn. So I think I wrote this tweet when we were like 8-0 and in 2013 after winning back-to-back national championships. Some website somewhere uh, ran a simulation that said, if Alabama played the Chiefs, which apparently at the time weren't very good, this is way pre-Mahomes. If Alabama played the Chiefs, they would lose 34 to 13. And that's what I read that day. And I said, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. And really that that's not getting slaughtered. But frankly, I would expect to win. And that's kind yeah. of how we all felt as Alabama fans, especially oh. then, to even to oh. some extent now. But I, I I was half joking and half serious. Like, Hey, tee it up. Let's see what happens. I would have put us in a teaser for sure. You can bet on that. But I want to go back to this whole environment thing. And and I man, I think you hit on a, on the right point. I was because I, you know I've been sort of hey, I want to get all the five stars and let the rough end drag. But I think you're right. I think Perry Thompson's a good fit at Auburn, and I don't mean that in an insulting way at all. I feel like he's sort of digging what they're selling right now, and I get that. And I feel like you're right. Ryan Williams is more digging what Alabama's selling. And I get that too. It doesn't mean one of them's right and one of them's wrong. Cause I'm going to say this too, that there's part of me that really, really, really enjoyed that, that, that has enjoyed the last few games of uncertainty with us where I didn't know that we were going to win. Hell, I didn't know we were going to come back and beat Tennessee. And if you're saying that you knew that, you're lying. Because I thought Tennessee would run us out of the stadium. I was like, I'm worried to death. And then when we yeah. came back, it was exhilarating. But when it was all said and done, I'm like, okay, I, I had my exhilaration. I'm kind of ready to go back to joyless murder ball now. I'm kind of <laughs> ready. So yeah. I've had I was already planning what to say on this show. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Planning on what to say, like how am I gonna, how am I gonna keep everyone else off the ledge when I'm on the ledge? (laughs) When I'm, when I'm literally, I'm like, no, I thought you were holding me. You know, there's a great story. I shouldn't tell this about a relative, but a relative of mine who is long since my grandfather, he's long since passed. But there was a great story about him way before I was born, maybe before my dad was born. But there's a great story about him. He was sort of a he was a dude. I mean, my grandfather was a guy and um, he and three other guys were in his car and they, they may or may not have had 
several drinks. And, you know, this is back when roads weren't super paved and they also didn't have breathalyzers. And, and it, anyway, he was riding. There weren't really laws back then. There weren't really laws. It was, it was the wild west in Western Ellic city. And, um, he, his friend turned to him and said, Joe, you, you got to slow down, man. You, you, you're driving all over the road. And my grandfather looked at him and said, I thought you were driving. And that's when, you know, you may have had too much to drink, but that's what I was like, when it's like, you're keeping somebody off the ledge. You're like, Oh, I thought you were holding on to me. I didn't know I was, I'm holding on to you. You know, was that anyway, bad? Uh, anyway uh, let me, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we got to talk about this Michigan thing. We got to, I mean, I know it's not necessarily Alabama directly related, but it is kind of cause they bought some tickets to Alabama games. So, uh, Meanwhile, I want to tell everybody about eBay Motors. I'm going to put their little banner up, too, if it ever comes up. And there it is. Passion, drive, and patience. Yeah, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, you're not burning cash. With all the parts at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that big old win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. So, you know, I, it's funny because like in the world we live in today, I was sort of hesitant to even tell that story about my grandfather, even though he's been dead 20 years. It probably happened 50 years before that. And all I could think was, oh, my God, somebody's going to cancel my grandfather. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's talk about this Michigan thing for a minute. And Jimmy, let me first of all say that I've always thought the dumbest thing to get mad about in baseball besides hitting a, a pitcher, hitting the next player after another player had already hit a home run. I always thought that was so stupid. Like, what are you mad at him for? But um, the, the, in baseball, when they, people get mad about sign stealing about, you know, Oh, he, he's now here's the catch. I always just assumed it was people stealing the signs in game. So I've always thought that's fair game. If your signs suck, that's on you. But if you're if you're paying uh, some kind of staffer fifty five grand a year, and then said staffer is able to afford tens of tickets to various games across the conference and across the country, he had bought tickets for games like Oregon and Washington, you know, Alabama, Georgia, the SEC title game, all these things. Um, yeah, that's a problem. That's and and apparently somebody on VolQuest, speaking of message boards that we talked about in the last little bit of the last segment, somebody on VolQuest about a year ago, and this Andy Staples put this up, put up a thing saying, Oh man, y'all are gonna believe this. I got my son's friend actually works for Michigan and he's been hired to go to all of these various games. He was supposed to go to Tennessee Vanderbilt, but we lost, but he's going to go anyway, but he doesn't have to film anything this time. But he's also told to not ever directly talk about this to Jim Harbaugh. 
what that tells me is this thing is so deep because if that guy's only making 55 grand a year, and it's a shame that 55 grand a year isn't a lot anymore, but if he's only making 55 grand a year and he's buying all these tickets, he's flying all over the country, Michigan is knee deep or waist deep in this thing and they deserve whatever they get. And as far as I'm concerned, Jimmy, I'm not for vacating wins. I've said this a million times. If I were the czar of the NCAA, I would give back everybody's vacated win because I think that's stupid. The game's happened. What I would do is yeah. say, maybe I'd say you can buy back your vacated win with a $10,000 donation to blank charity or to the NCAA or whatever and let everybody do it because I think everybody would. But then say, okay, here's what we're going to do from now on. I'm hitting everybody in the pocketbook whenever something's wrong. But in this case with Michigan, because there's no way to make this right except say, y'all can't play in the championship anymore. Y'all can keep playing. But in the only and people go, what about the players? Well, here's what you do. You say to the players, this year doesn't count for y'all. Y'all didn't know. This year does not count for y'all. Anybody, can, if you want to keep playing college football, this year you can transfer and you can play again because this year is not counting for Michigan, period. End of discussion. And Jim Harbaugh has got to go with all his staffers. That's the only thing I know to make it right. I do think it's a big deal. I disagree with anyone who says everybody steals steal signs. This isn't a big deal. It is a big deal because of the extent of it. And as far as they went to it, I think we have the real life uh, example of the Astros recently in Major League Baseball as a good example. Because I, 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 like exactly what Luke said, there's not a team that isn't trying to steal your signs during a game. Uh, that's, I would say, part of the game. I'm not comfortable even saying that, but it happens. I mean, it's happening in the game. Everyone's trying to steal everyone's signs, but not everyone is using video, electronic devices, and beating on garbage cans. And that's what Michigan is doing. I mean, that, Michigan was doing the Astros thing here, and the Astros were severely punished by Major League Baseball. And to this day, that was years ago, to this day when the Astros go on the road, they get booed, you know, in visiting stadiums. So sports fans don't like it. They don't like it. They, they did not like what the Astros did and, and soundly rejected it. And, and, and I think that's the typical sports fan response to what's happened at Michigan. Again, it's, it's sort of like recruiting and the, and the cheating, right? The rule says you go 55 miles an hour. Everybody's going 65. Yes, you're a team too. Everybody's going 65, okay? But there's a problem when somebody starts going 85. That's a problem. It's a problem for everybody that's going 65. Because they're like, hey, wait a minute. We all sort of have a gentleman's agreement here that 65 is cool. 85 is not cool. Because if you just allow the 85, then this 55 rule you got, it ain't it ain't a rule. So I think Michigan does have to be sanctioned. Uh, hopefully someone much smarter than myself uh, will come up with what those sanctions are. I agree with Luke that I'm not crazy about punishing the current players at Michigan. But also this. I ain't vacating wins either, but if it's shown that Michigan did this to, let's say, two opponents this season, they shouldn't be allowed to play in the playoff because no they they cheated to win games this year. And so you can't just benefit. You and you can't just stop it now. You can't just say, okay, y'all not doing that anymore because they've already gotten all the information. We don't know what they've what they've accomplished. Right. And again, they, they, I know there's some people saying, what's the big deal? You know, this is a big deal. This, this is so against the spirit of the sport that, look, it's sort of like, Jimmy, you know what it reminds me of a little bit? Like, if you're a defensive back, 
you know, ten, we, we've um, there's been a lot of talk here um, recently about Tennessee and, and the flags from from this past year and Tennessee fans upset and they have all these still shots about somebody maybe tugging on a jersey a little bit or doing something. Let me tell you something. If you're a defensive back and you're not tugging on a jersey a little bit, that's on you. Every defensive back is doing that. If you're not an offensive lineman and you're not trying to figure out a way to hold without getting caught, that's on you. And we all understand that. We all understand that. But no defensive back is sliding a, a magnet in the jersey of a of a, an opponent and then using a, a magnet to try and draw them closer or slow them down. Or no defensive back is – or no offensive lineman is sneaking – uh, Metamucil into the Gatorade of the opposing defensive line, so they have an upset tummy uh, when they, when they go out there. Nobody's doing that, and that's what it feels like Michigan's doing is they have taken this well beyond what we can all accept. You know, what if uh, if you're an Alabama fan and you don't think it's a big deal? Fine. Okay, okay. I mean, everybody's going to have a different opinion, but I would just ask that Alabama fan that doesn't think it's a big deal. What if we find out when the season's over? That Texas flew a drone over our practice field and uh, and had our signals and and we lost to Texas and they had our signals because they flew a drone over the practice field. Would you just be, oh, that's football? That's a well, you know, everybody does it. Or oh, well, everybody's trying to steal signs. I don't think Alabama fans would feel that way. I'd feel like we got robbed. We were literally robbed of a fair game against Texas because they flew a drone over our stadium. They didn't just. Hey, during the game, pick up that every time the the the, the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, made the sign of the cross, Al, uh, Alabama threw a hail mary. <laughs> I mean, that's just have we, that's just stealing signs. And, and if your signs are that simple, we, then they deserve. Can we check to see to be, if if that Chinese weather balloon stolen. had a big M on it? <laughs> you know that Chinese weather balloon we shot down. Did, that did is, that's a classic. If we were smart enough to make those cool Twitter memes, we could go viral. Oh, God, if I could do that. I can bear, I can't even edit this podcast. You think I can make a meme like that? Half the time, yeah, I don't even tweet right. Um, okay. That's gonna do it for today's podcast. Um, anyway, we'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight. <laughs>